Pickaxe. Hello my friend, my name's Sean and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that. With meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on a path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. Dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are spaghettified from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Y'all, I have been racking my brain for hours trying to figure out how I managed to become aware something. Like, I know Bray said lycanthrope or werewolf or whatever, but We've literally not even seen wolves since we got here. In fact, I don't even know if I've ever seen a wolf like in life. How do I catch wolf disease without meeting a wolf? It's like not going to a party during flu season and still getting sick at home. So I've been thinking of how it could have happened. Maybe it's not a wolf. Maybe it's like a, a, a were elf or a were dragon or a were whale. Because like I've gotten attacked by things that are like those things since we got here. Okay, the whale's a little bit of a stretch, but when we went down on the ship, I got pretty hurt. Who's to say a whale didn't come in and do something? Or it, like, sneezed in the water and some of it got in my mouth. I don't know. I guess there's also the chance that I've always been a werewolf? Like, I'm pretty sure I mentioned the Dracula blood in me before, and we literally just killed some gods a few days ago, so it's not, like, the most outlandish thing. I mean, it would be pretty sick to be both a vampire and a werewolf. Or were-whale. But, like... If I've always been a werewolf, then I feel like there would have been some signs before now. Like reports of animals going missing, or damage to my various homes, or like a picture or a video of it or something. But no, like I so like I feel like it's gotta be a new thing. Bray Def made it sound like it was a new thing too, right? I wonder how I can activate it. Hey Sebastian, come here and let me bite you. I wanna see something. Oh come on, I'm not gonna bite that hard, you baby. Looking for ad-free episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, or maybe even hilarious monthly one-shots? How about the best way to support your favorite D&D podcast, all for less than the price of one cup of coffee? Or maybe you just want to see Jet in some incredibly short shorts since we hit 150 patrons. Hop on over to patreon.com castparty right now and join the greatest community this side of the TTRPG world. You'll get access to hours upon hours of exclusive bonus content and an invite to our community discord, where we host live listening parties with all of us for every single cast party episode, community-driven D&D games, live streams, hangouts, and game nights. Thank you all so much for your support and for listening to the show. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello everyone and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my fatigued cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo at heart musician who sat down with Jet and tried pitching him a collab clothing brand based around the movie Through the Realms of Myria. 
He thought that a mix of medieval fantasy designs with alternative heavy metal clothing inspiration from his bands would be an absolute hit. Jet, however, wasn't the biggest fan of this idea. <laughs> but you know who did like the idea? The entire cast party crew, which is why we've teamed up with Unite the Realm to bring you a wonderful <laughs> discount on some of the coolest alternative apparel that has graced the D&D and TTRPG scene. If you're into old school heavy metal inspired designs or new age alternative clothing, Unite the Realm is exactly what you're looking for. Like this insane Giant Slayer t-shirt for those watching our video episodes on YouTube. You can find the link in the show notes. That is U-K-N-I-T-E, the realms.co.uk and use code CASTPARTYFAN for 10% off your order. For our UK and Ireland fans, you'll also get free shipping on orders over 60 pounds and international fans get free shipping on orders over 80 pounds. Like the money, not the weight. Yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to use code CASTPARTYFAN for 10% off and free shipping on select orders and snag yourself some of the most badass fantasy clothing out there that Sebastian most definitely wishes he could design and wear, but he's most definitely not that talented. Dang, you got the Unite the Realm ad, you got the YouTube ad. All in there, baby. Show notes. I was struggling so long to come up with something because you had already secretly stolen the ad intro. I did. You wouldn't let me have it. I did. I got it this time. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we have Anna Brisbane. Sky, oh elven druid actress who had a phase in fourth grade where she was absolutely obsessed with dinosaurs. She memorized dozens of dinosaurs and pterosaurs and their differences and which Jurassic period they lived through, etc, etc, which is how she can wild shape and polymorph into so many different kinds of dinosaurs and pterosaurs. It partially inspires why she cares so much about animals because she used to get so sad and cry over dinosaurs going extinct. But this is a big secret she's been keeping since fifth grade when Dylan Minette made fun of her dinosaur lunchbox and she went back to not knowing anything about dinosaurs and just being obsessed with extant living animals. Oh my god. What is the difference between a dinosaur and a pterosaur? You know, it has to do with like mm, joints and hip sockets and like it, skeleton mostly. Oh, okay. A lot of dinosaurs you think are dinosaurs are actually pterosaurs. Oh, oh. dope. Nigel Deacon. What's the haps, Xander Gucci Supreme, who spent two years raising a child that a high school partner convinced him was his? It all in all was a really messed up situation that had way too many repercussions to talk about here, but for those two years, Xander was more responsible than he had ever been before. He bought food, he paid rent, he didn't do too many like alien and creature hunts, but the kid was like seven years old when they met, so after a bit he was able to bring the little bugger along and get him to crawl into the small spaces he couldn't reach on his own. And it was awesome, but then the mom decided it wasn't a cool thing to have done and took it back and then just ghosted completely and moved away. It was the second biggest heartbreak of Xander's life. Oh, wow. oh my God. And we have Vince Perino. Jet the Boulder Chambers, big burly heartthrob who at one point in his life, his parents decided when he was about 10 years old to gift him with a bird as a pet. They gave him a gray parrot. They ended up naming her Penny because she really liked to steal all the pennies from Jet's piggy bank. <laughs> One day, his dad accidentally left the window open for too long and Penny got out of her cage and flew away. To this day, once in a blue moon when Jet is out and about in LA, he'll hear somebody say, Hey, 
That bird stole my penny. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> all right, let's talk about what happened last time. You all headed to bed after a long day saving Sebastian from Valentine. In bed, Sebastian dreamt of being on the stage with the dead Valentine in front of him as the crowd ran the other direction. He saw a single woman who did not run, long black hair going down to her ankles, who made eye contact with him with her beautiful purple eyes. As he awoke, he used his new jacket to cast Dream on Jet downstairs. Jet dreamed of a werewolf, Xander, attacking him. In the morning, you spoke a moment before being interrupted by Umtar. He provided you with a much-needed breakfast, as well as information about Helios and how to get there. Simply head south, see the mountains in the distance, go west to the shore, get a fishing vessel to take you to Nearleth, and find one he called Desmond. He mentioned Desmond should be easy to find. He also gave you a ring of his and told you to find Madison of the Star Weavers in Helios, and to tell him that Umtar was okay and sorry, and that Madison may be able to help you. You thanked him and headed southward. A long, warm journey was interrupted by the Keeper, demanding the staff of Desideria back. Blueberry charmed him and attempted to lie about the staff, but his demon hound was not so easily convinced as it smelled the staff on her back. With that, a grueling fight began, the Keeper swinging his glaive powerfully and often at all of you, as the hound took every turn it could to protect its master and bite anyone who came too close. Ralatham's psychic lance making the hound incapacitated not once but twice, a wall of fire, a hunger of Hadar, jet riding pebbles into battle, wild shapes and polymorphs all used. Grappling the keeper, holding him in the hunger of Hadar as often as you could, the fight wore on you all immensely. Both Blueberry and Jet were near death more than once as the large demon hound went down. The keeper tried to hold his own, demanding the staff again and again, before running away from a T-Rex jet, grabbing the collar off of the downed hound, and disappeared. Now, the smell of burnt grass is blown through the air as the wall of fire has singed the area it was placed in. Tired, you all just saw the keeper disappear out of thin air, and so the scene is set. The question is, what will you do next? No, 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 no! Is he gone or just invisible? I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Fuck. Can, can he turn back? Is this a permanent thing? I, 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 I drop polymorph. <laughs> uh, is everyone all right? I'm fine. Uh, all right, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel good. Yeah, you look kind of f not just hurt, but frail. Sickly. I feel old. Old? Is that how old people feel? Just sickly all the time? That's mean, bro. Like, there are some real spry old folks out there. I don't know. I'm not oldest. You're definitely the oldest here. My man, you're like 45. No, I mean, <laughs> like, like, I'm not, I, like, I got nothing against old people. You know, like, oldest. Oh, you're not saying you are, you're ageist. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you level two cure wounds. 17 HP? Wow. You're hurt too, right, Blue? Yeah. Probably not as much, though. I'll give four good vibes each, just to get folks back up to where they need to be. Don't worry about me. I, I feel fine. Uh, not to you. I know you feel fine. 
to those two. Okay. You were in the back with me the whole time, bro. Like, we didn't get touched. I, I, just, I was wondering why you thought I got hurt, because I unscathed. All right. Jet gets 16 health. Blue gets 15. Ugh. Thanks. This is about as good as I'm going to get right now. I'm also kind of frail. Do we just rush to the... Rush to Helios? Get sleep? Get you help? I hope we don't have to fight there. I can't see why we would unless everyone was right and the magistrate are below it. But I feel like staying here is dangerous. We don't know when he could pop back up. Yeah. We should start moving pretty quick. As long as everyone's good to walk. I'll be fine. I can walk. Blue, you wanna you wanna jump up on Pebbles? Sure. I'll help her up. With that, you continue onward, shaken but feeling a bit healthier. You move south a bit before finally, in the distance, large mountains. But they don't look very natural. They actually look spire-like, almost like teeth or ribs growing out of the ground. They're sharp at the edges, sometimes even curve upward. And you remember Umtar said to move westward, so you do so. No, we go to the mountains, Colin. No, we don't. We don't go to the mountains. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a little while to walk. Getting towards later afternoon, as you're walking, the sun is still high in the air. Coming into your view after those few hours as you move towards the west is a set of trees. You've been walking through mostly grasslands with wide areas without much of these trees for some time. And there is a trail here. The trail seems to come from the south somewhere, actually from where those mountains are, and head west into this small thicket of trees. The smell here is very birchy. It smells of birch wood and grass and salt. Not a lot, but especially to Xander's keen sense of smell, he smells some salt in the air. As you move not too much longer west, you see a small cliff that overlooks a rather large fishing village. It is again getting to the early portions of the evening. It looks like there is a lot of commotion and movement here. There are some massive docks with ships lined up. Most have no one on them at this point, but one looks to be readily packed with sailors who are bringing large boxes onto the ship. You're still on the outskirts of the village, but you can see a few larger buildings here. People are gathered outside of them. A few look like they're being newly renovated and they're pretty nice for how small this fishing village is. You can see as the path continues, there is the main entrance to the village. Not much of an entrance. It's more just a small fence around a walkway. There's no big walls or anything. And there is a single cat-like woman here. A large cat standing on two legs. She holds a notebook and a quill. She seems to be writing something. And her long brown fur is pulled back out of her eyes with a headscarf. Are we supposed to be looking for desmond in the fishing village or is that over on the island after we get the boat i think he's in the on the other side i yeah i think he's in nearlith so how do we get a boat do we just rent one we could we could probably rent one or maybe we can hire somebody to bring us over ships here can take us to nearlith you y'all look um withered at the moment do you guys want to try and find a place to sleep we could go try and find a boat, see what the, like, go down to the docks and find what's going on and get, like, a lay of the land, or we can try and find an inn and take care of things tomorrow. We could try to go down, try to hire somebody for the morning tomorrow, get a get a head start. 
we can even see if anyone is like, do people sail at night? Isn't that a thing? Is that a saying? Maybe not. I'm thinking of the sky. Maybe someone's leaving soon. Okay. So yeah, let's <laughs> let's go by the water there, bud. I'm gonna approach the cat lady. As you do so, she looks up. She looks like she was just riding aimlessly as, and hears you guys approaching. She looks at you, makes eye contact with you, Xander, as you're coming closest, and she goes, Fishermen, visitors, or magistrate? Uh, visitors, I guess? Tavern is that way. Ale's good. Nothing else is. I know a few places like that. What if we're hopeful fishermen? You sailed before? Plenty. Docks, she points towards the coast. We have one more ship heading out tonight. Just get in line. Oh, where is this boat headed? Nearleth. Oh, perfect. Thank you. How long is it to get there? I am just here to direct. Ask Venyan if you have any questions. You know, if you haven't heard this before, someone should call you the director. That is actually close to my name. My name is Darita. Whoa. Oh, it's beautiful. Who would have thought? Well, it was a pleasure meeting you, Dorito. We're going to head to the docks. You guys start walking through the village. And as you're walking through the village, you start to see a large shadow. And looking up, you can see that the sun is out to the west. It has lowered further down towards the horizon. You can see it is mostly being blocked by large floating islands off the coast. Many of these islands, though, there seem to be five main masses of land floating. It is a little hazy, so you don't have the best view. But looking up, you can see these islands have basically large masses of earth beneath them that come down to points almost like really large, wide stalactites, but they don't have any cave roof to hang from. They're just hanging in the air. It almost looks like a painting. Nothing seems to be moving up there. Only the few clouds that dot the sky between you and Helios. But you move through the village. You can see people are merry, drinking as the sun goes down. You pass the tavern that Dorita pointed you out to. People both inside and out. They have seating and waitresses out upon a flattened area, though the docks are what really catch your eye here. They are large, many of them look newly made, again filled with many ships that have docked for the day, but the one is still being packed with boxes has a line of people waiting to board the ship. You can see the line moves rather quickly. A man stands at the front of the line and directs each person as they get to him. One group goes off to the left where they are brought onto the ship carrying boxes. Some people are sent off to the right, where they seem to be dismissed, and they go back to the tavern or elsewhere in the village. Some of these people yell or curse as they walk away, and they seem angry. Am I able to, like, overhear specifics of the conversation before we get all the way up there? At the start, you only hear the people swearing, Fucking bullshit, I can't believe I can't go on the boat again. And as you start to get closer to the front, the man at the front, he's a large tabaxi man, fanciful calico coloring. He's mostly brown and white. The area around his eyes and nose is a deep black, and he's got this spear along his back. He starts every questioning of each individual with sailing experience. There are times where someone will say yes, and he'll just point them off to the side. There are other times that people will say yes, and then he drills them like, what boat? What, what did you do? Do you have any actual experience? You don't look like you're a sailorman. Or some people will just say no, and he gets rid of those people immediately. We have plenty of sailing experience, right, right guys? Yeah, always. We got the airship. We helped Jatoba. Don't mention the airship. What was Jatoba's boat's name? It was his daughter, right? It was a wood. Cherry. Cherry? Cherry? Did he, wait, did he name the boat after the cherry? What? Or no, he named the daughter after the boat. No, he named the daughter after the wood. <laughs> and the wood 
was then used in the boat, so the boat was named after the daughter. Do you think we should have told them that we were magistrate? Would that have helped us? No. Sailing experience? Plenty. So much. Really? Captain Sebastian, reporting for duty. Salute him. This is my crew. Xander is looking just straight at the ground, like, face in hand, because, like, what the fuck was that? He's he's on the crow's nest. He's used to looking down a lot. He's got a bit of a kink of his neck. Uh, it's been like that for quite a few years from all of our experience. That's why we put him up there, way up high. He's good at looking down. We sailed the, the SS Cloud for a couple of years, and before that with Jatoba and the Cherry. Someone give me a deception check, and I'm going to give you advantage. May I? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. 23. <laughs> Let's just speak a little clearer when talking to Desmond if you want to work, okay? Gives a little snarl, bares his teeth a bit, and waves you over to the group of people grabbing boxes and bringing them aboard. Get on the boat. Don't. Aye, 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 sir. Yes, sir. You are all expected to bring some a box up with you that are waiting to be loaded. They aren't particularly heavy, but they smell very bad. They're very fishy. The crew of the ship directs you where to go to drop off these boxes and then directs you as well as the others who have been added to this ship to an area where some ropes are laid out about waist height on poles. And you can see one guy comes over, stand close together, hold the ropes if you need, do not get in the way of the crew or you will not have a job. Standing close, out of the way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take long for the rest of the people to join on this ship. The boat trip is very short. It's rather uneventful, pretty unsteady. Dips here and there. You often have to catch your balance with the ropes. Some of the others fall and push into you every once in a while. You can hear at one point a fight breaks out with some people in this group of sailors. The crew has to come over and separate them. One of them gets taken down below deck while the other hangs there breathing and stays with you. As the sun continues to go down during the rather short trip, you arrive at a set of docks built at the edge of the island of Nearlith. The island here seems to be massive. As the boat docks, you can see there is a rocky beach with a long set of docks, and it continues past the beach and out over a large chasm. There are a couple hundred yards of normal island, and then that large drop-off deep into the ground. The chasm is very wide, and you can see where these massive chunks of earth were just upended and brought into the sky. From here, off in the distance where the chasm ends, you can see a town sitting on the edge. As the sailors finish docking, you can hear them giving instructions to bring the boxes of fish off the boat, to follow all of Desmond's instructions, and he will send you to the village for position vetting. The other people are grabbing their boxes, and they are heading towards the docks. Why are they shipping fish? Isn't this supposed to be a fishing boat? Wait, I thought, isn't that supposed to be the shipping village? Why are they shipping the fish from the one place to the other? No, that's, that's the fishing village, where we just came from. Now we're going to the town under the Helios. So they need fish. They just need really long fishing poles. <laughs> well, anyway, I'll grab a box. As you get off the boat onto the docks, you see a large something. What? It's humanoid, wearing clothes, even talking with people. It seems to be giving directions. The being stands a good eight foot tall, 
and is massive. Large tree trunk-like thighs and arms, large belly, skin that is gray. Looks like a hippo out of water. He has a few tattoos you can see. He's wearing mostly leathers, but fine leathers with lots of detail. And you can see behind him, the dock continues out over the chasm where you can see a small airship waiting. Much smaller than the one that you all used to pilot. And this one's much flatter overall. It almost looks more like a barge than a ship. From here, you can even see an air elemental atop the ship spinning quickly, keeping the ship afloat. And you can see that this man is instructing others to put down the boxes on the airship behind him and then head down the long pathway that leads around the chasm to the village. Guys, I just remembered. Cloud is waiting for us in Helios too. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I wonder if he got here okay. That's one more thing to look forward to once we're up there. Ah, that's so exciting. So, all right, what's our game plan? Should we go to the village and rest? Should we ask Desmond and just be like, hey, we're trying to get to Helios. We got business. But we still need to convince Desmond to let us go up. That we do. Do we want to hit Desmond now, or do we want to wait until tomorrow morning? If if we go now, it's going to be a long night, because that means we're going up to Helios right now, and then we have to go meet up with everybody. We have to find Matthias and Kingsley, maybe see Cloud. Do we want to just save that for a whole day? We could at least go to Desmond and ask him when the boat will be taking off again. Yeah, when the little air barge heads up. If they're leaving now, who knows how long it'll take for them to come back. And when they plan on heading out again. Well, you're our captain, Sebastian, so why don't you go lead the way? Damn it. <laughs> I'll start walking over to the the extended dock that leads to the, the barge with the air elemental and see if there's anyone with a clipboard who looks important, anything of the sorts. The only person you immediately see is this large hippo man. And as you are walking up, he goes... Bring the boxers onto the ship, and we'll meet by the village after. I'm sorry. We were told to find Desmond and that he would be really hard to miss. You look like that person. <laughs> Name's Desmond. I kind of figured. Recruit, I see. Yes, as long as you have sailing experience, we can get you out onto the ships tomorrow. Out fishing ships. Uh, we're, we're not looking to go back out. We're looking to go up. Is that possible? Elios is an important place. We're important people. If you're not on the list, you're not going up. We might be on the list. Do you have the options on there? Or a Sebastian? Not exactly, but I've heard the name. Yeah, they're waiting for us way up in the sky. Part of Matthias's crew. Yeah. The stragglers. Yeah. Listen, we had a lot to do, okay? Give me a moment. We're just going to finish loading the fish up, and I'm taking the barge back to Helios tonight. I can bring you with me. Sick. Great. And he gestures you to go put your boxes down. And as you get closer to the airship, you hear, Options! <gasps> no! <gasps> oh. Where? Ah! Oh my gosh, options! I did not think I would see you again. The air elemental that is on this little barge is Cloud. They put me to work right quick. Hello. How you doing? Hello. Are you are you having fun? Is it good work? Oh, yes. I get to fly a lot. Are they nice to you? Nice enough. Come aboard. Okay, okay. New year, new me. My new year's resolution this year is to not buy more dice. I have plenty. I don't need more. 
Oh, but these opalite gemstone dice from Fanroll are gorgeous. Okay, maybe I'll just take a peek at FanrollDice.com. Oh, liquid core dice. Look at how pretty they are when you roll them. Oh God, a whole wooden set made out of my favorite wood, purple heart. Dang, these are hard to resist. Uh, okay, okay. I do get 10% off with code CASTPARTY though. Plus, it's the new year I should treat myself. FanRollDice.com Add to cart, add to cart, add to cart. I might as well get a dice tower while I'm here too, right? Code CASTPARTY so I can be sure to get myself 10% off. And done! Whew, nice. Uh, maybe I'll try again next year. I'm sure I'll definitely be buying way more sets from FanRollDice.com. You guys all bring the boxes up there. Desmond joins you after about five minutes or so as the rest of the crew is just dropping off these boxes and they continue on to the village. As normal, you see it's a little bit slower, but the airship starts floating towards Helios. It begins to get darker and darker as dusk starts to settle in. The city above begins to have a soft glow from the lights that start to illuminate its many buildings that come into view. Again, there are these five or so main floating islands, and as you ascend, you are headed for the most southwestern island. Never been to Helios, eh? It's an experience. <laughs> yeah? I mean, we've been in the sky before, I think. Right, right, guys? Like, we've been up in the... We've been... We, we know Claude. We're good friends with him. Talked about you a lot, actually. Oh. Better be nice to him. They're so cool. Claude is wonderful. As we dock, I can take you to Matthias. I ain't no tour guide, but I know some, so ask away as we walk through Helios. It's a long walk to the Star Weavers. Okay. Man, that we are getting right into it. Yep. Long walk. It, I mean, I guess I'm underestimating how big this place is. Oh, you are. As you guys are getting closer and closer, this it just keeps getting bigger. The airship continues upward before being docked just off of this large island. The island itself is massive, thousands and thousands of feet in every direction. Hundreds and hundreds of building here. In the distance off to the north as well as the east, you can see other of these massive islands, all connected by these huge bridges. One in particular you can see is much less flat than the one you are on. It's got hills and floating islands all around it with large buildings on them. The island you are on, though, is less than beautiful. Most of the buildings are dirty. They seem to be here to function, not necessarily look nice. As the ship docks, you can see a bunch of people are here waiting to come get the boxes of fish loaded onto the airship. And Desmond goes, They will unload. We can get going. Don't judge it immediately. There are much better parts of Helios. Anchor Island isn't all that pretty. Okay, great. And you begin walking and following Desmond. You can see he moves quite fast for how slow his legs seems to move. He's such a big guy that he looks to move slow, but he covers a lot of ground with each step. And as you're walking through Helios, it is busy. You can see those who are unloading the boxes have carts they are unloading them onto. The carts float just above the ground and seem to be able to hold quite a lot of weight. 
As you walk lots of different races of people here, humans, dwarves, elves, dragonborn, anything you could imagine. And as you walk, most of the area is crammed with buildings. Many are factory-like buildings, textiles, food preparation, iron workers, some smiths and leather workers and stuff like that. As you continue following the path, you see a large area off to your right. This area is very open, and you can see there are two floating islands here, though these look less natural and more rushed than the others. You can see the island close to you is only about three dozen or so feet away, and it looks like it was magically broken off of Anchor Island, the island you're on. It looks like it would fit perfectly with the cliff that's here. The island has these large flat areas where you can tell that crops used to grow. And there are these layers of very flat floating islands, about five feet or so tall each one. They're stacked on top of each other, almost like a stack of books with an area of air between them. It's like vertical farming. But even from here, you can see the soil is brittle and black, like something terribly wrong happened here. Just behind this is another island that has a large fanciful building atop it, though it is very much broken down. This too has that dark soil. Not everything in Helios is pretty. Just wait. I mean, this sounds, that sounds about on par with like every city, right? Yeah. Not every bit of LA is pretty. Is this a new development or it's always been like this? Not always, but not new by any means. It has caused one of the main problems here in Helios though. Food. Not enough room to grow food up here. Gotta be hard to ship a bunch of food for this many people daily. That's why we have increased recruitment for fishermen down below. One of them smart wizard types said he found a way to make this vertical farming work with magic. It did work for a time, but something he did ruined the soil, plagued it or something. Not sure what happened exactly, but that plague, that rot started spreading and fast. It led to an emergency, ground got rough and couldn't hold the weight no more. Star Weavers had to blast it off the rest of Helios. Could have lost a whole island, maybe more. That university there has been abandoned ever since. Can't get to it no more. Been this way for about six or seven years. Damn. It's not the prettiest sight, but got character. There have been some cleaning efforts, but if any of that soil gets over to another part of Helios, it's dangerous. We got crews checking the edge of Nearlith every day just in case a few pieces of that fall down below. Don't need that infecting any part of Fendrea. Is there a name for it? used to be the university at this point, the dead zone. Hmm. I wonder if we'd have reception there for our, for our rocks. <laughs> you head through the rest of this island, down the main roads, you head to a large bridge. Not quite as large as the bridge to Valorth, though it does rival it in size, as well as design. It's bright and ornate and has these sections that shift on each other, almost like an armadillo's shell, so that there's no gaps. You can see that they can shift in size as the wind blows, and especially if it blows too hard at any given time. The next island you reach is much smaller. This one seems to have much nicer buildings. Large temples, you can see a nearby park where a group of older gentlemen are dancing to an outdoor harpist. This here's the floating gardens. Bunch of fancy lads and lasses do their recreational activities here. Keep them busy when they ain't studying the arcane. They got some buildings here for maintenance of Helios Starweaver stuff. Picking who gets what food and all that boring stuff. 
It's gotta be a weird thing to delegate who gets food and who doesn't. Luckily, not my problem. You finish walking through the floating gardens, and you again have to cross another one of these extravagant bridges. You see ahead this large island you had previously seen, which had those elevation changes, the nice lavish buildings, beautiful yards, much more spread out than the buildings you saw on Anchor Island. And as you're walking across the bridge, you hear, Up ahead, we got the Upper North. Not sure why it's called that. It's more Northeast than anything, but them's the name. That's where more of them rich folk live. They got the new university, all them libraries and learning areas. New university? How new? About six years. Oh, so Matthias isn't taking over. I don't know much about what happened to Matthias and the others. But this is where you want to go, and he points to the upper north. Over there, try not to end up there. And he points off to the left where you can see is another one of these large islands. This one perhaps the largest, though as the sun goes down more and more, it's hard to tell. This one is packed with small buildings, one after another. That there is Backbreak Island. Them's the workers. Okay, is it, are you saying it's dangerous? Oh no, you just don't want to be living there. Your life won't be too great. Why do people come here? Not many people do anymore. Why do they stay? Looks around, makes you you guys are alone. Propaganda. Oh, you know what? I'm on top of it already. I know exactly what you're talking about. Propaganda? If you're up here, you're better than everyone else on Fendrea. Even if you're low class here, you're above everyone else. Oh. Think like North Korea. Like, think about their, their shit. Never been there. What's that? It, you, it's this, kinda. It's just, it's our land's name for Helios. Not as welcoming, though. We're very far south. I would change the name. Yeah, but north is kind of like up in the sky. It's more north as if you're looking ground level. <laughs> oh, it's all about perspective, as we say up here. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. You got it. So you're a smart guy. And you walk through the upper north. Again, some fanciful folks here, many in different colored robes. They kind of eye you up and down as you walk through the streets. They seem to greet you more like small smiles or waves. This island's not nearly as large as some of the others, though it's hard to tell as there's all these elevation changes. And finally, you come up to another bridge. The upper north is in the shape of a horseshoe. And you can see in the center of this, the horseshoe is this island. It's a much smaller one, enough for a few dozen extravagant buildings. A palace sits in the center. This bridge that you can see is ornate like the others, though it is entirely this electric blue light. It's translucent. You can see right through it. On this side of the bridge, you can see there's a small stone statue with an orb atop it. Desmond walks over and puts his hand on the orb as it starts to glow the same electric blue. Suddenly, you hear a voice come from the orb. Name. Oh, it's just old Desmond. I got some people from the list here. They were part of that Matthias group, them stragglers. Supposed to be here a while ago. From the orb, you hear, hands on the orb, please. This'll let you walk across. I ponder the orb. I'm gonna leave you here, and once you get across, I'm sure they'll have Matthias ready for you. All right? Mm-hmm. I touch it. Thank you, Desmond. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna take an aesthetic picture of us with our hands on the orb. Like, it's like artsy and like friends. And like... 
It's got that electric blue light, and you can see that as you put your hands on it, it almost feels like it's coating your skin. But it only moves quickly down to your feet, and you can see that your feet have this blue glow. Whoa. Cool. This is interesting. Can I take a step? One foot onto the bridge, it feels so odd. It looks as if your feet will go straight through this translucent bridge, but with that electric blue on your foot, the instant the color touches the blue of the bridge, you see a small area of solid bridge appears just around your foot. Ah! It looks to be made similar to the other bridges you have walked across. It kind of feels like I'm walking on jello, but it's working. Uh... How do you know what that feels like? Are you walking on jello, Sebastian? Is that a thing that you do? Let's make our way over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to come back to that. Don't you don't you think I'm going to forget? We'll talk over drinks. It is a long way down and you can see it beneath each step you take until your foot just comes in contact with the bridge. And as you get closer to the other side, you see a centaur who bows as you get closer. He only has three of his legs. He's missing the back right one and so is slouched over a bit and it is especially noticeable as he bows. I have summoned Matthias to come speak with you. He will be just inside. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks. As you finally get your feet back on solid ground, ahead is a large palace. There are other buildings here, which you would have to like go off to the sides of the palace to get to. These things are massive, taking up huge plots of land, beautiful statues and gardens surround the palace on either side. But really, the palace is what takes the cake in terms of beauty on this island. It is absolutely massive. It has large towers, all varying sizes and heights. Not quite symmetrical, but beautifully laid out. The white brick pops even as dusk finally hits. All these magical lights illuminate these high windows as the spires reach high into the sky. And you can see certain towers are just completely floating in the air. There's no connection back to the main building at all. One of these has large tree branches holding it up, but they look to be more for decoration rather than actually structurally holding up the tower. There is a large entrance. As you are brought over by the centaur man, he opens the doors just with a wave of his hand as he bows, and you enter into the palace's entryway. Huge ceilings, chandeliers that are magically hang in the air. They seem smart enough to know where light is needed. As others are walking through the entryway, they're following them to their destination. The people here are mostly dressed in extravagant robes, largely dependent on accessories and accessorizing, except for two people standing next to one another, Matthias and Lorelei. Students, good to see you in one pe- Jet? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I'm a, I know. Huh. Interesting. We must study this later. We don't know how to fix it. Oh, it's a problem. Okay. Yeah, we can look into that later. We have much to speak about. It was scary when Claude showed up here and told us that your airship had been shot out of the sky. It was great to know that you were okay after the impact. That information from Claude was very nice, though I'm glad you made it here safely. Um, been better, you know. We ran into a situation on the road, not feeling too great. Yeah, it was pretty scary to experience. Oh, it was a, an ordeal. Yeah, we got a lot to fill you in on, because that was more of an ordeal than he knew. I killed some gods. 
We'll get there. <laughs> we have pressing matters. Things have happened here as well. The Star Weavers are not too happy with those brought here. And they're even less happy with you. What did we do? We just got here. We, we haven't done anything. You didn't do it on purpose, if that makes you feel better. Seems like a lot of our problems are caused on accident, so... The Star Weavers do want to see you. They will be angry. At least Veroso will. He's not too kind to threats to Helios. And above all else, he calls it as he sees it. Just to keep you updated. You are, and you know this, one of the Magistrate's top targets. And they just found you on a Helios airship and shot you out of the sky. Oh. That was a Helios ship? How would they know? How do they know for sure that was a Helios ship? Helios is the only place in Fendrea that still has airships. Yeah, well, maybe someone made a new one. Veroso is not too happy that you have put an even larger target on Helios. Lorelai, give me something happy to tell them. If you remember, Lorelai was the half-orcish, half-high-elven woman, one of the students at the university who helped save everyone and get everyone to Helios. She takes a bag off of her shoulder and hands it to Matthias. Yes, thank you. This is from Grawl. <gasps> oh, thank you. Oh, the books. What? Wait, our bag. The bag. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what they were transported in. I'm sorry. Oh, my beautiful bag. Put the staff in here right now. I put the staff in the bag. Close that up. That gave us some problems like two hours ago. We had to fight the tracker man. Matthias, can you help us destroy a magical object? Yes, they, there's many powerful wizards and mages here. You say they were tracking it or they wanted it back from you. Yeah. Yeah, like Desideri is like main hunter dude. He had like a big old dog. Goes by the keeper. Interesting. That might be a bargaining chip with the Star Weavers. The information you have about that, anything to assist in the destruction of the Magistrate. We have an in with Madison. Something to maybe get him on our side. He's a Star Weaver, right? Or associated? Yes. One of the five. That's 20% that are in favor of us right now. That's good. Maybe. Maybe. We, we don't know yet. Who are the other ones besides Madison and Veroso? I will be introducing you to them shortly. I already sent Kanu ahead to bring them to the council chambers. We should not keep them waiting. Oh, uh, we can't even sleep or anything. We gotta go right into this. They won't put you up for the night until after that. Great. Uh. They were sweet enough to allow Maynard and the other students to be accepted into the university here. Their magical prowess was enough to get them at least to the basic courses Though Maynard was placed in some special accelerated courses. Oh. Mm. Hey, good job, oh. buddy. Has he been doing necromancy? I don't think so. Maybe they teach necromancy here. What's the name of this university? Terrera Academy. Oh. Hmm. That feels like almost <laughs> irony. Uh-huh. Because, like, Terra's down there. Yeah. Listen, Veroso, not too kind to threats to Helios. Above all else, he will call it like he sees it. He was very against allowing these students to join the ranks of their university, but the others were on my side. With you, it may be different, especially if you desire for them to help you get home. Did you find any more information about your home plane or what the magistrate is up to? We have theories and hints, and I have this book, and I'll like pull out of my bag the, the diary. 
I think one of us has talked to people from home, too, since we last saw you. We can speak about this later, then. We'll go meet the Starweavers. No hostilities, please. If things don't go well, all of the students may be expelled from the university and Helios. This is our last place to hide, where we can still experience growth. So hold on to our tempers while we chat. Yes, Xander. I have taken a proverbial chill pill since we last met. As I mentioned, I killed some gods. They happen to be very personal I'm so to me. so excited for this story. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me. Walking forward, you see there are multiple other wings to this palace. It feels more like a governing building rather than a place where a king or a queen would live. The council chambers are not far, simply through the large entryway and through a grand set of doors. As you enter, you see a darker room. Above, the ceiling looks to be painted to look like the night sky, though you quickly notice that it's all an illusion. Some stars flicker, comets move, there are other larger celestial bodies that seem to move slowly. The room is entirely circular. There is a half-circular table here that fills the room. It allows for people to stand in the middle and look at the five people sitting on the other side of the table. Bows to them as he enters the circle and gestures you all to follow. I also bow. Bow. Matthias begins introducing them one by one. I am pleased to introduce you all to the Starweavers of Helios. Hrondel, head of beauty and divine magic. Hrondel is a large man, looks very much like Kanu, but more hairy and furry all around. He's mechanically a furbolg. He has a snake currently sleeping on the back of his chair. Master Akeen, head of knowledge and arcane magic. You see a high elven man with sharp features. Madison, head of citizens and negotiations. A human man, dark hair cut very short, gives off a soft smile and looks you each in your eyes. Professor Carvu, head of import and export. This is another tabaxi woman. She's got these kind eyes and she's got graying fur around the mouth. She gives a small nod. Veroso, head of defense and military. Veroso is a high elven man as well, sharp features. He has only half of his right ear. He looks angrily at all of you. The name Veroso was suggested by V over on Patreon, so thanks so much, V. Oh, thank you, V. Hell yeah, V. That's such a good name. Hello, everyone. Madison, the one who's sitting in the center, gives a nod. Welcome to Cosmic Isle. We are the Starweavers. Matthias has told us a bit about you, though we have many questions. Immediately, Veroso jumps in. We have no time for this. They have brought an even larger target on Helios because of their airship stunts. You understand you have endangered all, correct? Yes, this has come to, come to, come to fruition, but it's not technically our fault. It wasn't something that we planned on. We didn't even know that the airship that we were in was from Helios. You can ask Cloud. They know everything. What have you done to make such a large enemy of the Magistrate? Where do we start? We are no fans of them, but we do try to keep peace. And that's all that we're seeking as well. We just want to get home. In our travels, trying to find our way back home, we've... We've gotten in a little bit of trouble. Then why are you here if you can just go home? We don't know how to get home. It's on another plane. The lost plane. At, at least that's what we think. Master Akeem pipes up. <gasps> the lost plane. 
Interesting. I was going to offer you my services to send you somewhere else, but that is a different beast altogether. You are from there. We think. We found this journal. I guess it was a magistrate journal when we had an altercation with one of their higher-ups, I guess. Hermina? Gaspaldi? she Italian? <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. We had a we had a bit of an altercation. We were in Akindoth Mountain in... It looked like an old like magistrate like bunker or something. We found this and learned about the Lost Plane. And they had information about all the other planes, but that's the one that they didn't have. And we happened to be from a place that no one has any information on. So we kind of deduced that we landed on from the Lost Plane. Interesting. You've been to Arkendorf, and you have possessions from the Lost Plane? Uh, yeah, and I'll show my camera. I whip Daisy around. Interesting. I would like to speak about this further. You gotta let us stay here first. And Veroso pipes up. We don't have the resources. We cannot assist them right now. What type of resources are you looking for? We can't have some of our greatest minds giving up their arcane research right now. Just so you can go home to whatever plane you crawled from. By helping us, we might be able to help you as well. You look like no more than commoners. How could you help us? I I killed my patrons. That's that's kind of big. I don't think a commoner can just do that. What do you mean? This is Hrundle. You killed those who give you power. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with... With Blightmore, the old name of the Witchfen Forest. Rondal leans back in his chair as the snake's head comes closer to his ear, and you can see it, the tongue comes out. Ah, I've heard whispers. Well, when we got shot out of the sky by the magistrate, thus, you know, destroying the airship and putting us in the situation we're in right now. We were going to the Witchfen Forest to try and find more information about anything. One thing led to another. I was drawn into a forest by Blightmore and my other patron god thing, uh, Nomura, and we went to another plane. The was that that was that the astral plane? Was that like the in-between plane? Yeah. We put an end to the the blight, the plague that they're putting on that forest. You killed them both. Yeah. So you are useless, then. Uh, hold on. One second. What can I do with my lack of spell slots? I transform into Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) I can still do things, and then I go to Jerry Seinfeld, and then I go to Taylor Swift. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) 5'11"? Damn. Damn, I didn't even know Brad Pitt was 5'11". That was a shot in the dark. I I nailed it. Okay, oh, hold, Veroso, sir, um, Captain, Doctor, what do you, I don't know what your title is. I, as far as I know, we don't plan on staying here. We are here to to make sure that the people that got caught up in our mess are okay. We're trying to get some information, and then we're trying to clean up that mess that we made before we head home, because we don't want to leave this place worse than we found it necessarily. See, Veroso, and this is the tabaxi woman, they are here to help. We might be able to help them with the help of Master Akeen, and they might be able to help us with the magistrate. And I have a strong connection to the earth, 
And I'm just going to druid craft a bunch of flowers in my palm and be like, maybe I could look into the farmland? You think none of our genius minds here have not been able to fix that? My hunch is that your skills in magic are through the arcane rather than nature itself. We have more than one set of classes here, lady. I am master of the divine. Prundle, the large fur bulk, wild shapes into an owl in front of your eyes. <gasps> cool! And turns back. That was a tragedy. We are working on the food. We have our import and our export. We're working on it. Can I ask something with knowing that I mean no offense in doing so? Is it possible that you guys, brilliant as you are, your your civilization might have hit like a plateau with your magical knowledge because of how secluded you are up here? We might not know a ton. We might be able to bring something new to the table because we've been all around in the last little while. I very much doubt it. They've been to Auchendoth. Have you been to Auchendoth? We've been to plenty more than Auchendoth. I say we give them a chance. Before I forget, Madison, we have something from Umtar. His eyes open, and Veroso immediately goes, that fucking idiot. What do you have of Umtar? It's a, a ring. He was under a spell from a vampire, and we stopped that, and he told us to give this to you. And tell you that he's okay, and he's sorry. He damn well should be, Feroso says, as Madison just looks at the ring. We have a predicament. Thank you for this. He gives you a nod. Nod and step back in line. You seem to believe that you can assist us with the magistrate problem, and I believe Master Akeen may be able to help you on your journey home. That'd be very helpful. I don't I don't know what he might be able to do, but if there's any way that he can assist us in at least taking a step forward, that would be ideal. And we'll do anything we can to repay that. Yeah, in the process, anything that we can do to help. We can do a lot more than you think. We've done a lot more than you can think. Yes, your children's stories of vampires and spells mean nothing until you prove yourself here. As he says that, I'll reach into our bag and pull out the staff and just throw it on the ground. Immediately, the snake on the back of Frundle's chair comes over, completely envelops it, and sniffs, comes away from the staff. A magistrate artifact. I just nod. Snatched it right from her cold hands. The current monarch that's in Valorith right now that is an imposter, that's Desideria, and that's her staff. I will vouch for you, and this is Madison speaking. I'm not allowing them to assist in any way until they have been proven here. A little staff means nothing. Well, if you have a trial, we're happy to pass it with flying colors. Professor Carvu gets up, the tabaxi woman, she starts moving her paws. I was just about to say the same thing, Barroso. An impromptu graduation ceremony. But not like tonight, like like in the morning or something. Votes for a ceremony. Tomorrow. 
will raise the spirits of the people, and we will see what our new colleagues can do. Grundle bangs on the table in front of him twice. Master Akeen does like more of a knock just twice. Madison does the same. That is enough, though, Veroso. And he looks at all of you, bangs on the table twice. It is settled. I will see you tomorrow morning. We will put you up with the other students in the university for now. And we will meet in the courtyard at dawn. Easy. I hope you like putting on a good show. Oh, that's what I'm good at. Matthias gives a bow, gestures to the door. Bow and continue out the door. Bow curtsy. I'll pick up uh, the staff as I'm bowing and put it back in our bag. Before we leave, as I'm bending forward and picking up that staff, I'd like to sense if there was anything weird about any feeling of the staff or anything in front of me as I'm doing that. I'm using my defined sense. You do not feel any of those things. Okay. All right. And I'll, I'll get back up and head out with everyone else. The centaur allows your feet to glow blue again. You walk across the large bridge back to the upper north. Though this time, instead of continuing on to another island, you continue around the upper north, this horseshoe-like shape, until you find a large university. Outdoor, there is a large rectangular courtyard. It looks like that there are already people here setting up for tomorrow. Damn. Well, at least they're going to get an event out of it. What kind of event do you think this is going to be? Are we going to have to do school stuff? Are we going to have to put on like a, a show? We're going to fight? I'm guessing we're going to have to do like magic stuff. Yeah. Matthias, you have any idea? I know some, and I will look into it more. I will try to get you more information before the morning. Yeah, the more I know, the more specifically I can prepare. I don't think we're going to have any issues. I mean, we've made it this far so easily. So easily. You know what I mean? Like, look at what we can do now. Think of what we can do now compared to what we could have done when we first arrived at Matthias's. That's true. We've learned so much. It's going to be nothing. Cake. We still have to go in knowing this could be difficult. Nah, this shit's going to be easy. That's right. I'm going to dap up Sebastian right now. Oh my God, you are screwing us over right now. Confidence, my guys, please. Fake it till you make it. You hear this college kid who was sitting out in the courtyard. He goes, I think I can do it. You can do it. Hell yeah, brother. Slams the book shut and just runs up to his room. Matthias sets you up in a wing of the dorms. He was given an older area. It definitely looks like not as nice as some of the other buildings here. Even as you're walking by, some of the students that you helped save from Matthias's, they are around. You even see Finn, the wood elf kid who had helped you so many times before and allowed you up to Matthias's. All I know of the trials, I have not seen them yet. They are a graduation and they are tests of what those in Helios believe to be the most important aspects of a good person, of a hero. What sort of things make a hero to them? It'll be fine. I have every faith in you. I do know they change the trials every year. The actual trials themselves, what is required, change. Though the aspects of the trials do not. If I can get those to you beforehand, I will. Okay. Thanks, Matthias. It's good to see you. Yeah. Take some time, collect yourselves, rest, and I will see you in the morning. We'll be there. Thank you, friend. Glad you're safe. You as well. 
as you guys are left alone in an area. Four small rooms connected to each other. They are private, though they have communal living space. Anyone need a good berry before bed? I'll take one. God, please. Sure. I'll pop it like a melatonin. <laughs> melatonin? <laughs> Go to sleep on a full stomach. <laughs> I do plan on waking up early. Just uh, throwing that out there before I go to bed. I'll also get up early. Can I use Nomura as an alarm clock? I mean, I get up four hours early just because that's me. <laughs> okay, the rock. Settle down. <laughs> Jet is sleeping as hard as he can because he's an old man now. Feeling like an old man, I should say. And with that, you all head to bed for the night. You all get your long rest. And you will all level up to level 11. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. You all get 9 temp HP, by the way. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Woo. I wanted to wake up early because of someone mentioned to Akeen that I might have a connection back home and I want to test it again. So waking up, I'm going to be casting contact other plane. So I'm going to flip open to the lyric journal, find homesick, and I will ask my five questions. So the first one I'm going to write out is for all of us. So I'll lick the little pen and I'll start writing on the next line in the next verse, which is, did they stop production on the movie? And just hope something comes. Last time when you were doing this, it was very natural. It was nature giving you those answers. And in this case, it almost just looks like a thicker line that just appears out of nowhere in ink. Yes. Ooh, okay. Good, 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 good. Perfect. So knowing I have a connection, I'm going to go to the next line, which is for me. Have my parents ever taught anyone named Valentine Malathorn. The fuck? Holy shit. No. No, okay. Next line, which is for Xander. Does anyone else care that Xander is missing besides his parents? Yes. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, okay. When he sees the yes appear, it's like, fuck. He was hoping for, like, specifics. So... He's going to mark that one just to try to remember to almost reword it because it's very hard to speak to this other being. The next one is for Blue. Are Blue's four dogs and six cats still being spoiled to death? Yes. Okay, okay, good. And the last one is for Jet. Has Jet's dad contacted his mom regarding Jet's disappearance? No. I don't know if that's good or bad and I'm going to close the notebook get up and just start my day I just wanted to make sure that I still had that connection before we started everything you awaken Jet you seem to be the last one awake when you hear a knock are you ready for the trials and it sounds like Matthias is on the other side of the door oh yeah yeah Matthias one minute we're uh, we're just getting dressed and uh, and ready you guys all set? You need anything, or should we just head out? Get it over with, I guess. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Anyone want a morning donut? Guess I don't know. I'm like 
still like going through these like seeds in my hands trying to figure out like what spells I need. If 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 it's like hero stuff, go with a variety. I don't I don't know if you want to pinpoint one specific thing. I mean, pick your favorites. I feel like you can do a lot of stuff just in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like way more than all of us. So, I feel like no matter what you take, you're going to be fine. Okay. You can relate it to being a hero in some way. That's true. Being a hero. Use your creative license as an actress. You can just sell it. Whatever you're doing is like, this is heroic. Okay. Let's do celebratory graduation donuts before we leave. Hell yeah. Donut time. Roll me D6. I got six. Xander, as you head for the door, something in that pocket of yours. All right, I don't know if we've gotten a 16 before. It's just a package of beef jerky. Oh, sick. I'm going to read the label on it this time before I just <laughs> eat it slash drink it. There's no label. It almost looks like one of your friends that you would go hang out with would smoke his own meats and wrap it in plastic wrap. Yeah, it's just like a, a vacuum sealed bag that I, I'd have to like cut open. This looks delicious and I'm hankering for some jerky. I'm really goosing a jub on this, but I am going to save it for later. As you open the door, all right, I hope you all slept well. I have heard the trials are no joke. I couldn't get much information on what you will actually have to do to pass them, though there is real danger involved. Not often lethal, but there have been reports of some students failing miserably and perishing. That sounds about right. I don't think that will happen to you, but it is best to keep your guard up and make sure each other are okay. You are all wonderful people. You are strong, smart, and powerful. I will be watching from the stands. Meet us in the courtyard at once, and you shall prove your worth to the Starweavers. Good luck. We got nothing to worry about. We're fine. Okay. Yeah. You all head down to the courtyard. You see a plethora of students have gathered in these large bleachers to watch over the courtyard. It is a simple rectangular courtyard, about 300 foot long. It looks like this courtyard is normally grass, but right now there is large stone block here that covers the entirety of the courtyard. There are some people in red robes standing alongside Professor Carvu, one of the Star Weavers you met last night. She gestures you down to the courtyard. Welcome back. Hope you all had a good night's rest. I am not only a member of the Star Weavers, but a professor here at Terrera Academy. I will be here to give you the rules of the trials, as well as provide you with honor, should you succeed. Fantastic. First, there are some rules. You will face seven trials. Each trial focuses on a quality of a good mage, a good person. What we at the Academy and in all of Helios deem to be the most important aspects of humanity. In each trial, there is an objective of some sort, though it may not immediately be apparent what that objective is. Sometimes it is as simple as getting to the other end of a room. Other times there is a problem that needs to be solved. While the objective is concrete, the way in which you reach the objective is entirely up to you. Any and all magics are allowed during the trials. As long as each objective is complete, you will move on. In certain trials, you may see red-robed mages, as you see here, and she gestures to the people around her. They may be a part of a specific trial. They are not to be harmed in any way. Any physical or mental harm done to a robed mage will mean immediate disqualification. Normally, these trials would be done by the graduating class together in groups of 10. 
Many enter, few pass. As this is a special occasion, only the four of you will be attempting to clear the trials. If a member is not able to complete a trial, they will be removed, and the rest of you will continue onward. Any questions? Are there risks of us harming someone else? I don't know how easy it is to stop magic from seriously hurting someone. So, like, we know we're not supposed to hit these guys, but are there other people that will be involved? Only the red-robed mages are not allowed to be targeted. Any others have death wards put upon them? They're expecting injury. The people we're going up against aren't actually going to die, right? No. I have faith in you. Matthias talks a great deal about you. I expect greatness. Good luck. And you hear almost like a magical loudspeaker. May I have your attention? We will be beginning the trial soon. Please find a seat. Magic is strictly prohibited within the sands. Take your seats and enjoy this impromptu attempt of the trials. One of the red-robed mages. Please stand here. There's a green painted box on the ground for you to stand on. A moment goes by as you watch the stands. There's people of all kinds cheering and getting excited. A lull happens in the clapping as you hear this loud Begin trial of strength. There is this bright green that covers all of you, the same color as the ground you're standing on, only for an instant, and it seems to stem, like I said, from the painting below you. For a brief moment, you are completely blinded by this green light. It quickly subsides as you see the area around you has changed. Off to your right, still the large bleachers with the students and citizens of Helios clapping and ooing. But ahead, you see a large boulder, easily 10 foot in diameter, sitting on the ground. Down the rest of this courtyard, you see an open space until there is a large stone archway blocked by these large stone bricks. And just in front of it is a circular indent in the ground. Well, this seems like it'll be pretty easy. There's, there's what, five of us that can push this thing right now? We could, we could move that, right? Yeah, easy. Six of us? I cast Summon Draconic Spirit. Oh, shit. You summon the Emerald Dragon Spirit. She can help us. She'll help us push. I'll go over to it and put both hands on and try to start pushing, and Pebbles will come up next to me and put two paws on and try to push along with me. So you have the four of you plus the dragon and Pebbles assisting. With that, it is easier to move. I'm going to ask for a singular athletics check from one of you with advantage. Hi. You're strong, boy. Go for it. 11. What? Vince, are you serious? Why are you the way that you are? I rolled the six twice. <laughs> <laughs> this thing does not move. I am upset. You start to hear some laughing from the crowd as you all get that good push in. Oh no, they think we're cringe. I start casting Mold Earth. I want to at least give it a little um, five foot sort of ramp down and then like lip up so that he can get a little push down to get it up on the next push. <laughs> okay, okay. It doesn't move quite yet, but it feels like a little less steady. If it needs an extra push, I'll cast a first level thunder wave to give it just a little boom. 
to try to hit the ramps and stuff as as she's making this almost like wave. The rest of you start pushing, getting ready to try to get this thing down this ramp and up a little bit of a jump almost just to get it moving forward. Sebastian, what point are you trying to use that thunder wave? We're at like the top of a ramp. I'm letting everyone else push and I have Daisy out. As we hit the bottom, I'm like trying to keep up with everybody and run. Once we hit the bottom and everyone else has the momentum going, I'm gonna try to give it like that little extra boost, hit it right when we hit the lowest point as it's going up so it can hit a little ramp and and get some distance. Jet, give me another athletics check with advantage. 22. Thank you. You get a little bit lower and push upward on this instead of just straight forward to try to get that momentum just so it gets to the spinning point. With that, all of you are able to push it. And at that point, this ramp, you guys just don't even have to touch it anymore. It just starts rolling and then it starts going up the other side to try to get it back up to the normal side. And that's when Sebastian, you use that thunder wave, propels it enough to get it to just roll really slowly until it finally fits down into the indent in the floor and causes the door behind it to open. And you can see the door opens into a room filled with nothing but green paint on the floor. And you hear loud cheering and clapping from everyone in the stands. Told you it would be easy. It's not bad at all. I, I definitely helped a lot in that. Onward, Solis. You all head over to that green floor again, and this time you hear... Begin trial of versatility. This time you're in a smaller area. There are eight colored statues. They align a wall that faces the audience. They are simple pillars with large colored orbs atop them, though most look dull and faded. The only other thing here is a bookcase that looks to be filled with papers, scrolls of some sort. Go to the bookcase. You pick up one of the scrolls. It's a scroll of dancing lights. (gasps) Okay. Uh, throw it to Sebastian. I look at the scroll, and then I look at Blueberry, and oh, you mean this? And I cast Dancing Lights. <laughs> One of the statues glows red. Oh, do we just have to cast everything? Look at more scrolls. You find poison spray, chill touch, dancing lights, dispel magic, shape water, find traps, hold person, silent image. Oh my goodness. I feel like find traps would do something. Can I cast find traps? And one of these pillars glows gray. I'll grab the one that says dispel magic. They're, they're trying to make us do magic-y stuff. Wouldn't you think, like, maybe they want us to stop it at some point, too? I think we just have to cast them all, which will light each statue. Just to prove that, like, we're versatile in our magics. Okay, so I, what do I do? I just kind of hold it up and say the magic word? Read away. Uh, open up and, uh, vinyasa! (laughs) (laughs) One of these statues glows blue. Ooh, I did it! I tried poison spray. One of them glows yellow. I'm just trying to avoid the concentration one so I can keep Solas here, and I pet the dragon. Oh, yeah, which one, which one is gonna harm that? Um, hold person and silent image, and maybe shape water... Okay, I'll grab a hold person and silent image. I'll grab those two scrolls, and then I'll hand Xander chill touch, maybe shape water. I don't know if you can do that. I mean, chill touch I don't think is a concentration, so I can do chill touch, and I can do... I mean, I don't think I can do shape water as a man, but from a scroll? (laughs) Give it a shot. 
Let's do uh, let's do shape water. You use shape water. You have the water skin. You're able to get out, and you see the very last one glows orange. I'll cast si- mm, silent image, and then I'll hand jet the whole person because I think if they're both concentration, I want to make sure that both of them can be like up. You cast silent image, and one of them glows purple. What image do you make? What image can I make? I don't know what silent image is. It's like a minor illusion sort of thing. I make I make a cello, but the cello has arms and legs and is holding <laughs> the bow like a sword. Oh my okay. god. You get a big rise out of the crowd for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> is there just one left? One that is a green and one that is muted pink. We just haven't done whole person, I think, right? And chill touch. Who is who is closest to me? Uh, Sebastian. He'll hand me the scroll and I'll open it up. And it just says whole person on it. I go, oh, okay. I close it and just go over and give Sebastian a hug. The pink one alights. And then the last one, it's not glowing. I'll walk up to it and chill touch it. And it glows green. And you can see in between you all, the floor starts opening up. And there is a large green painted square. Whoa. On to the next one. Begin Trial of Valor. The green color floods your vision, and immediately you are greeted with a terrifying sight. Oh, God. You are at the edge of the courtyard. Courtyard, again, is about 300 foot long, only about 50 foot wide. But in this case, there is a lake of molten lava between you and the other end of the courtyard. There's a single 10 foot wide bridge that goes across this lake of lava where you can see a large beast. Easily 50 foot tall, nearly a hundred foot wide, a large dinosaur-like creature. It has spines along its back, muscular body with a large carapace protecting it, two large horns atop its head. It seems to be chained up to the opposite wall, but stands directly at the end of this 10 foot wide bridge. You hear loud screeches from it as it pulls at its chains and tries to get to you. And from the stands you hear, Is that a Tarrasque? And for today, that's a wrap. Ah! Oh god. Um, <laughs> How do we maneuver around that? I mean, I have a theory right now. I have a dragon. I have Dimension Door. But you know where you could tell us that theory? Over on Behind the Scenes, where you can go and hear about this episode, exactly what happened. We had lots of expedition. We had lots of people. We had lots of things happening. And some are really exciting. So thank you so, so much for listening. You can go over and visit us on patreon.com slash cast party to get all that good content that you're just dying to get. Thank you so, so much for listening. We will see you all in two weeks for another episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I must find information for the students. Ah, here we go. Stories of past graduations. This must help me prepare for them. St. E. Love was the first to ever graduate from the academy. It was just a single trial back then, known as the Trial of the SAT. Hmm, not sure what that means. Eric Five, along with Ebab Flo, were the next year's graduates. They had the Trial of the Badminton Tournament. The graduates were put into teams and... They were the last ones standing. Their final opponents were War Torn Knight and Jeski Fire.
next to their names, it just says, they went over the edge. Now, I don't really want to unpack the meaning of that. Huh. The next group had to elect a leader to guide them through the trials. They got stuck on the electing a leader thing. Everyone kept voting for themselves. Ash finally said fuck it and voted for New York, just to get it over with. The voting lasted longer than the actual graduation. I guess that's not surprising though, as they all perished in the first trial, the trial of the 17 dragons. Oh. Dubword got the big dub the next year. I mean, obviously, he was born for it. Lord Asselberg tried to power his way through the trial of temptation. He didn't make it through to graduation, but it says here he and the succubus actually got together after the graduation, and they own a nice little college in the Upper North. Fancy that. Isui, it looks like his entry was burnt to a crisp. All that's left is the end of the page. Everyone else perished. Horrible, agonizing deaths. But Isuik remained. Remind me to stay on his good side. Jeff the Milkman and Lexi were the first to do the Trial of Strength. This one they had to fly underneath the smallest island of Helios and hold it up as the Star Weavers stopped the magic holding it in the sky. That's impressive. I wonder where the Lower North is. I haven't heard of that island. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. Yeesh. Finally, we are getting to recent years. Forerunner and Frankie were the only two to reach the end of their group. All the others lost at... The trial of the names that start with F? That seems way too specific. Polyamorous Swirl made it to the end with her familiar... It seems they were able to finesse a win on the last trial. The trial of cleaning. A clean victory, if you ask me. <laughs> the trial of versatility is a new staple of the graduation. Named after Bass Drop, they said he can speak every language and play every instrument. The last of the graduates was Opti. Everyone else lost the trials when they reflected spells back at the Red Robes who were shooting them, injuring them. Immediate disqualification. Opti valiantly stood in front of the spell and nearly died while her wand was still tucked away in her bag. How valiant. Well, this was of no use. Good luck, students! Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.